And welcome to Amazon Women on the Moon segment by segment, the uh, podcast where we're breaking down the seminal 1987 classic Amazon Women on the Moon, one segment at a time. Uh, for this particular segment, I'm your host, Sean German, from the Next Scene podcast. And with me today is all the way from Jay and Silent Bob Minute, it's Chris Durkach and Jeff Ferry. Welcome, well, you, gentlemen. You said seminal on purpose, correct? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, whoops. <laughs> well, it fits. It definitely fits. It, yeah, it, it, it fits. It fits. All right. So yeah, let's I, let's just jump right into it. We're here. We're talking about um, uh, title for this segment is uh, what? What is the title for this segment? T- title for this segment is Pet House Video. Um, we basically just got two people. We start with an introduction from. I'm Dr. Warren G. Easterbrook. Chairman of the President's Commission on Education. And this is like very kind of knowing right off the bat. Um, He's talking about the ever-growing problem of short attention span of today's youth weaned on television. And then immediately it cuts to something else. (laughs) Talking about a short attention span. As soon as he said short attention span, I knew he was going. He wasn't staying long. (laughs) No, this guy's not lasting long. Yeah. I was just thinking like, so, you know, in, in a way it's like kind of, you know, commentary on the film itself being a collection of, of, of clips and kind of geared towards a short attention span. But I'm like, if you think if you think this is bad, just wait till you find out about TikTok. <laughs> attention spans are only it's only gotten worse and worse and worse since then. <laughs> I mean, some of these segments are like three, four minutes long. Like this is. That's an eternity. Like if I, if someone posts a link to a YouTube video and I go one, I'm not going to click through. Just tell me what it is. But if I do happen to click through, if it's four minutes, I'm like, no, I ain't got time for that. No, I'll tell I've you where I get it. Like an eight minute, and I'm like, oh no way, I'm not even going to bother. No, the worst is somebody you try to go to a list or something. It's like the list of you know twenty whatever from the 1990s, and you click on it, and it's a slideshow, and you're like, nope. Oh. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you click on it and you get an advertisement first. And I'm like, just forget it. I'm not even going to watch this now. Just going to nope right, right out of there. <laughs> well, it, it's interesting. This guy's commentary is that about how short the attention spans are. And my first note for the segment is the segment's too long. <laughs> this was a one-minute joke that they stretched out for two minutes. So, I mean, then we can kind of move on to the, the second part of this segment. I just want to – I only got one other thing to say about um, – this guy, the actor Donald Muhich, I guess that's how it's pronounced. He doesn't have much of a, an IMDb, but he certainly has a type. He's got five credits, and the the parts are psychiatrist, analyst, psychiatrist number one, Dr. Von Zimmer in Down and Out in Beverly Hills. And then in this, he's uh, Dr. Warren Easterbrook of the President's <laughs> Commission on Education. So he certainly has a type. <laughs> So he's uh, been a, you know. he's a psychologist and an analyst. He's an analyst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's certainly got a, a, a type. Um, but it was, uh, so it was Dr. Warren G, just so you know. Um, he was Warren G before the rapper was Warren G. Yeah. I wonder if he gets a little <laughs> kickback on that, you know, for use of the name. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> a little bit. Of, yeah. Hey, Rough Riders, you know. Regulate. Yeah. <laughs> you said regulate and you fell down? What happened? Yeah. <laughs> no, I just got shot. We, we switch away from uh, the, our good doctor to our pet house, 
pet of the month. Pet House Video presents an in-depth, up-close, and personal look at Pet House plaything, Taryn Steele. Taryn Steele. Well, there's nudity. <laughs> I was <laughs> to say, say least. I, wanna, I wanted to see you tiptoe your way into this. I was hoping but, we would do the whole segment without ever mentioning the nudity. But I don't that that'd be a challenge. That's that'd be because that's all there is. Well, I, and I was gonna say because it doesn't just it's not just nudity. So it starts with a close. Well, so we get a like the pet house logo that fades to the close up on um, on like a centerfold type picture, and then it zooms out. But it like starts at her knees. And so, like, as you pull out, you you see, like, the areas that you usually don't see, even in an R-rated film. Um, Sean, you said seminal, and now you said pull out. You got to knock <laughs> this off. <laughs> but the, You're uh, making this much dirtier than it needs yeah. to be. <laughs> Whoever did this no. is uh, is well acquainted with this type of film because it's the, the perfect layout. She's got the teased up hair. She's in, like, the... The, the ruffly bed, it looks like every centerfold from like 1978 to 1987. It definitely mm-hmm. does. Um, when I, I did actually look into it, I wonder if they used any of the actual centerfolds that this actress did. So Taryn is played by Monique Gabrielle, who is actually the penthouse pet of the month for December 1982. Um, and then, you know, so this is uh, right up her alley, this kind of stuff. And she also did um, she's done like some some penthouse videos. She was in Bachelor Party as um, uh, say a lady of the night who tries to seduce Tom Hanks. She was in Emmanuel Five, which um, really one of the better Emmanuel films. I think it really kind of three Real, and four were iffy. <laughs> set of Emmanuel films because I'm under the impression yeah. there's two different sets of Emmanuel films. Really, all oh, differently. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I didn't realize we have a, a connoisseur. Of- I heard this conversation on I heard this conversation on a podcast and like half of me was like, I can't even believe they're talking about this. The other half of me was like, I really want to go down the rabbit hole and check this out. <laughs> this is really <laughs> interesting. <laughs> well, so she was a manual in the, the nineteen eighty seven Emmanuel Five, so the eighties series of Emmanuel films. Um, maybe not and I guess these were probably the American ones. There's probably a 80s. European series. There may be like this. Uh, this was this is definitely Skinamax fare right there. Yeah, this is uh, yeah, direct to uh, cable fare. I don't, I don't imagine this, is this the, got a wide uh, theater release. Oh, this is the check in the back of the TV guide going, all right, which one's got nudity, nudity, nudity? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what what nights do I need to stay up late to uh, to catch this <laughs> yeah. on? Yeah, and uh, I thought it was interesting. So, uh, Monique actually got her start, her first film credit in IMDb was Night Shift in 1982. Uh, the the great uh, Henry Winkler and Michael Keaton vehicle where they play, uh, they play I guess, undertakers or morticians where they're running, uh, or morgue, sorry, morgue attendants running a brothel out of, uh, out of their morgue. And uh, she so, was, I guess, so, one of their uh, employees. I guess yeah. we'll say. So not unlike the guy who started off this segment, she definitely also has a type. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Definitely, uh, seem to be uh, cast for her looks. I think that's maybe fair to say. Well, and um, I assume this is her real voice, but she has that voice that I would also say with the VHS is it say, "Hi, it's like that very throaty." I'm trying to be like the 
60s and 70s. I'm like a little Marilyn Monroe-ish. The being a plaything hasn't changed me. I'm still the same Taryn. Mm-hmm. Like that type it also of thing. Like- sounds... It sounds like porn because I was watching it earlier and my wife's like, what are you watching? And it wasn't even the one. It wasn't even the next one that we covered. She walks in the laptop, <laughs> slam shut. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, work. Again. It's, it's for a podcast again. <laughs> again. Come on, Chris. Again. again. Yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. Sean German made me watch this. It's payback for all the. Minutes I've given him in our show. So we realized right away what what was going on here. This is punishment for the minutes we've given him. Yeah, um, revenge for a happy scrappy hero pop. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so I'll, well, I'll I'll take that point. Always be plugging. I'll um I'll give a plug for my site at catandshawn.org. That's C A T and Sean S E A N dot org. And and there I link to all my podcast stuff. Uh, the Next Scene podcast, and all my guest appearances, including my multiple guest appearances with the, the Jay and Silent Bob Minute, where they cover the the Kevin Smith films featuring Jay and Silent Bob. And yeah, so I did Clerks, where I got Happy Scrappy Hero Pup, and then I did um, I did Mallrats, where I got the Topless Psychic. Um, I, you know, I was a little disappointed, so I got, um, for Chasing Amy, I think we were just, we discussed f***ing. But uh, there was no actual nudity or pornography, you know, just uh, some deviant sex acts yeah. described in that. <laughs> yeah, the difference was there was no – there is no nudity in that movie per se. And so we just gave you the most disgusting conversation we could get. Oh, okay. yeah. I, I appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, so when I saw this, the segments that I had of this film, uh, two gentlemen immediately sprang to mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I've, I've seen this movie before. And once the segment started, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this one. Like, it's not one of the segments that I, like, remembered. Mm-hmm. It's not one of the more memorable segments. It's definitely a, like, oh, yeah, that, that was good. Like, okay. Well, it's only three minutes long, too, so it's tough to. And yeah. I, I, well, so will, that... I will stand by that it's twice as long as it needs to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so I, and I think depending on how memorable it is kind of depends on uh, how old you were when you first saw it. <laughs> Um, oh, so like, this all, if I was 13 all... and saw this on HBO, I better be real memorable. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so I'll ask you both, like, what's your what's your history with uh, with the film with the Amazon women on the moon? Go ahead, Chris. You want your mine first? You want mine first? Well, my history is I watched it for the first time last night. I had never seen it before, and I thought it was a movie about Amazon women on the moon, and I'm I had no idea what we were covering, and then I watched it last night, and I realized it's all clips. And yeah. I, is there an Amazon Women on the Moon movie? There is like one of the kind of one of the there's like a running feature that they kind of go in and out of the 80s idea of the 50s idea of the future. Okay. Now, I saw the, the clips come in and out and I just thought maybe that was part of the joke or I didn't know that that was actually an actual movie. Yeah, but no, I don't I don't know. That's not an actual movie. Oh, OK. Yeah. You could you should have you should have told him it was. Yeah. You could have definitely convinced them uh, and had, the, yeah. and had oh, this yeah. moron trying to find it for like another three. Tell months. me how great it was. You should have told me how great it was. And I would have been like, I gotta see it. It's this really movie. hard to find. You gotta really look for it. <laughs> oh yeah. It's this great underground sci-fi classic from the fifties. You know, that's why they picked it for this, because you know, yeah. it's like inspired all the big eighties directors. <laughs> um so so Jeff, what's your history? You, you've uh, seen I, this film like, before, like, right? Like I, I saw this movie as God intended, just stumbling upon it one night <laughs> as a ten-year-old, and like I, and, in the wild, yeah, <laughs> and catching it in the middle of one of its commercials, and then it cuts back to Amazon Women on the Moon. Well, if you're looking at it, 
it's saying that Amazon Women on the Moon is what's playing. And I love these old crappy, like, 50, 60 sci-fi. So I'm like, I'm into this. And then it cuts to, like, another <laughs> fake commercial. And I'm like, am I, am I having a stroke? What's going on here? Then it goes to real commercials, comes back, the movie's back on. It goes to another crazy commercial. The problem is no internet existed at that point. So I'm like, what is right. going on? What is this? <laughs> She's like, like it's a, you know, yeah. <laughs> someone, it's someone, like, fooling around at the, the TV station. Yeah, it's cut into, like... <laughs> I, and I would love, I would love ev- to be able to remember exactly where I picked it up in the film to see, like, what was the moment that I realized, like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, this is what's going on here. But, like, I can tell you it wasn't right away. <laughs> like, it was at least a couple segments before I'm like, oh, this is, like, a thing that's happening. Because I would be the same thing as Chris, be like, i got to find this Amazon Women on the Moon. I'd like to watch it unimpeded with all these weird commercials in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so I yeah I I saw this movie um, in the eighties probably it must have been pretty soon after it came out because I think I was I would have still been in high school um, as a rental but yeah at first I'm like yeah is this did someone like tape over the <laughs> did someone tape over this tape is this the the right thing but uh, and then I definitely remember this segment I was definitely that the right age to uh, this segment would have made a <laughs> an oh, impression yeah. lasting, on me to, to, to lasting impact. Yeah, less, <laughs> lasting impact, I'm okay. sure. If you were young um, in the 80s, maybe into the 90s, like you could, in your mind, tick off movies that were like, oh, that movie had that had good nudity in it. Like Even if it yeah. wasn't like, I'm not going to go out of my way to see it again, but like you knew it. Like If it was just like, you're flipping through the channels and Amazon Women on the Moon, oh, I'll watch this for a couple minutes. Yeah, especially once we got, you know, if you, once you got HBO and, and Cinemax, like the, the cable channels that would show the unedited versions you definitely knew to like look ahead in the tv guide and kind of plan out all right this is this is going to be a good night Uh, oh and chris and i have talked about this multiple times there was nothing more disappointing than a show that says nudity in it and you're like all right i'm gonna watch some nudity and big love was the one that we always talked about with this (laughs) (laughs) big love with bill paxton and his three wives all three hot wives. I'm like, all right, which one's going to get naked tonight? I tell you who's going to get naked. Yes. Bill Paxton's going to get naked. Bill Paxton. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be Bill Paxton's ass every time. <laughs> every time. It's like, he's got three hot wives. He's got an of age, attractive daughter. Do any of them ever take? Nope. It's all Bill Paxton all the time. <laughs> which is not a Bill bad thing. Bill Paxton's a handsome gentleman. But like, you know, spice it up once in a while. Yeah, come on. Mix it up. Give, throw us a bone here. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so speaking of directors, I do want to we should want to give a shout out to the director of of this segment, Carl Gottlieb, who in terms of directing, like didn't do a lot of film work. Most of his, I guess, appropriately for a, a film that's really just a bunch of short TV segments, most of his direction is television. So he did like he did a couple episodes of Delta House, which was the awful, awful spinoff from say, Animal yeah, House. I've only heard of it. <laughs> It's funny. Every time I've ever heard it explained to me, it's always like that. It's like, oh, God, it's just the awful thing. <laughs> I've never seen it, but everybody describes it the same way. Like, oh. Well, so you th- think about Animal House and then like for TV, like for network TV. I don't remember if it was CBS or whatever. Like yeah, it wasn't like, even like a basic cable thing. And so. like network TV in like what, like 1980? Like, not yeah, like 79, 80. Yeah. So not even like the, you know, uh, like Hill Street Blues or whatever, where you could get like some man butt, you know, speaking of nudity, like it was just bad 70s TV. But so like he did an episode of Laverne and Shirley, did the Delta House, did um something called Campus Cops, 
which I'm sure was just as good as it, it sounds. He did uh, an it's episode true. of <laughs> he did Honey I Shrunk the Kids the TV show. Oi. Um but in terms of movie work, he he's more known for as a, a writer, not a director. Um wrote uh maybe something you've heard of called Jaws. It's funny. I could have I almost said that. I'm like I recognize this dude's name from Jaws. I'm yeah. Like, then you're given his credits and I'm like there's no way this is the same guy. <laughs> this is the same guy wrote like him like uh, gets like co-writing credit with the the guy who did the uh the novel. But yeah, Jaws, Jaws 2 and also did the screenplay for Jaws 3D. So uh <laughs> not all gems. <laughs> They can't all, yeah, they can't all be winners. Um, the way I understood it, yeah. if, if I remember the screenplay thing correctly, it was like, Peter Benchley turned in a screenplay, and they're like, no, like, we can't. Are you crazy? And then he basically just rewrote the whole thing. That's the way my understanding of the Jaws script. The guy's just like, yeah, we can't film this. Are you crazy? You got to take all this crap out that's in your book. Because I've read yeah. the book from Jaws. Uh, the book stinks. Okay. The book is the book is a C book. Yeah. They made into an A-plus movie. Mm. Oh. So that's, yeah, that's Carl Gottlieb having to thank for that. Um, also want to mention uh, kind of a, a different, similar to, uh, I was mentioning that uh, Monique Gabriel uh, got her, her big screen debut in Night Shift. Uh, Carl here also wrote Dr. Detroit from 1983, uh, which was a, a Dan, uh, film starring Dan Aykroyd as a pimp. <laughs> yeah, you can picture that, which I'm sure you can. So back to, uh, uh, I guess, back to the sex trade. Um, so back to this he knows what so, He knows what he knows. <laughs> he knows what he knows. He knows what sells. And what sells is a woman who, um, I don't think we see her feet to identify if she's wearing shoes or not. But other than that is basically just jewelry. Like we see her, you know, bracelet, pearl necklace, earrings. Um, she does carry a purse. Uh, she has uh, gloves and a hat on at one point. <laughs> well, yeah, in in church where she, in church, you know, so you got to got to wear your church clothes. <laughs> got to wear your church clothes. Yeah, the hat. Which the hat I mean, the, the I'll say this for for a movie of this era, having her in church naked was pretty ballsy for them. Yeah, yeah, I felt I could the see same getting some pushback on that. that yeah, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, I guess uh, probably the the religious people maybe they didn't want to admit that they had seen the film. Right. So I'll <laughs> tell you with my issue with this this segment, it's certainly not What's the nudity. Issue? I'm on board yeah. with that. <laughs> so the joke of this segment is supposed to be she's naked all the time and everybody no sells it <laughs> right mm -hmm. it's just she walks around just like everybody else the problem is that joke wears off after like 30 seconds so if i were editing this i'd be like hey listen you got a great idea here you need to be in and out of the segment because by the time it ends i'm begging for it to end <laughs> like, I, yeah, I, get it. I get it i get it yeah they they stretch it out like there's She's she's kind of given like her profile where she's talking like oh she's from California and it's so laid back and the weather's great like there's no humidity it really blows me away um you probably could have cut that like I think like yeah the whole I think there's there's probably like what thirty seconds where she's like walking around an open air mall like doing some shopping I think that could be cut I like so then so we have her like there's a photo shoot and then shopping. Then a museum where she's looking at statues and art. I love to browse Laguna's art galleries. And my dream is to one day have some of my things hanging here. And then we wrap up in church. I like the museum bit. There's there's a little bit. 
they they kind of get they they try some subtlety, you know, as subtle as you can be with a fully nude woman. But so she's saying, my, Our- favorite, my favorite shot is probably in the museum where she leans over to the statue. Yeah, <laughs> because they obviously were like, how can we get her breast to come into view first before her face? Yeah. yeah. Well, and she says, I'd like to have some of my stuff hanging here too. <laughs> what she says yeah, that, in that segment that was a lot i think i think that whole that whole bit in the, like the museum is just setting up that one line it's like <laughs> yeah, we, show, so we have her bend over to show the hanging breasts and then have her say <laughs> so i want some of my things hanging here <laughs> um, so that's kind of, so there's a little bit of a payoff there for the for that bit and then yeah the church where she talks about her uh her real strength comes from her family and, and my strong religious upbringing yeah Wearing the the gloves and hat, nothing else. Um, yeah, but yeah, the, the that's the the joke. It kind of that that the um. So this kind of makes me wonder, like the idea of there's probably like a phrase for it that I I couldn't think of or I don't know. But when when something's like it's it's supposed to be or it's it's pretends to be a parody or a send up of a thing, but it really is just the thing. Um, like I feel like this is they're trying to like they're trying to mock that you know the the lifestyle ideal that uh, that Playboy or Penthouse are trying to sell you know kind of mock that idea that there are these you know hypersexual women that are just naked all the time, but the way they do that is just by showing a woman naked all the time. So they're not doing really, everything. Yeah, yeah. They're not they're not really kind of they're not really sending it up or parroting it. They're just doing it. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, if you were going to parody it, like, it would almost be, would you have her clothed and everybody else naked or have everybody naked? Yeah. So, like, the fact that she's naked doesn't matter. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, flip it. Either, yeah. Either have everyone else naked and she's clothed. Like, what? yeah. As soon as she finishes the shoot, she puts the clothes on, goes outside and everyone else is naked or like do it with a guy, like do something different than just do the thing where they're just. They're kind of like it's like an excuse. You could say, "Oh, we're you know we're commenting on the you know the sexist nature of the adult industry or everything." But it's like, no, you're really just participating. In oh it. yeah, it'd be like it'd be no different than now if you were like, "All right, yeah, I'm gonna make a real hard hitting thing about like um, prostitution or whatever." But then you have like three like gorgeously lit, amazing sex scenes in your movie, and people are like, "Wait a minute, like you're, you're trying to." <laughs> You're saying you're exposing it, but like you're making a very titillating movie here. Yeah. No, I mean it was it was an excuse to have a woman naked for a minute and a half. And listen, listen, no shame on that. That's totally fine. That's what you're looking for. Like that's a great <laughs> thing to have, especially again, this type of scene wouldn't matter at all now. Like no one would care. Yeah. And but actually, this like, scene is good because of that. But after you get over the nudity, you're like, all right, it's a joke. Now. Yeah. Well, I mean, see, that's my whole. <laughs> Or you need to have some sort of now. I understand that it, it caps off with cutting into the the other guy's segment, mm-hmm. but it, like you almost need like some sort of capper to it. Like it it kind of just fizzles out a little bit. Or she needs to do something else. Like she could have done something that got people upset, but it's something mm-hmm. that shouldn't. Like she makes like a social faux pas or something like that, and like somebody sneezes and she doesn't say like, "God bless you," and that makes them mad. Like <laughs> I don't know. John Landis yeah. should come back and he should do a rewrite on this. Yeah, you should the, probably uh... call him Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they just kind of, yeah, they just like the the church, just that she's naked in church is that's just kind of the punchline, and then it it wraps up. But yeah, and I guess it shows like that kind of the way it's dated. I mean, just with 
with the internet and especially with smartphones, you know, you've got access to um, all sorts of depravity, uh, you know, on your the, the computer you carry around with you every day. Um, so it, certainly it seems like, oh, it's just, uh, it's a naked woman. Like that kind of gets old quick. Whereas, you know, originally seeing this as a, a teenage boy in the eighties, this scene could not have gone on long enough. <laughs> well, I can and see if it was surprise. on a VHS tape, yeah. rewinding it a couple of times. Yeah. Yes. And the surprising you know, like part that. would have been, yeah, the length of the naked time is the surprising part because she's nude yeah. for like two minutes straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where even in a movie where you had a sex scene or you had whatever, it was normally like. Uh, people are naked, they're rolling around, and like they were trying to hide it. It was pretty rare to have somebody just be like, yeah, I'm going to be naked and wander around, which makes me laugh, Chris, because not like six months ago, we did a very similar scene in another movie when we did uh, that Life Force movie where there's a very oh, similar right. scene where a woman, she just sits there <laughs> naked for like three minutes. So apparently this is what we do now. <laughs> well, that's Somehow we became the naked guys. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. I don't like that. All of a sudden, we're dirtbags, <laughs> and this is all we do. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's what we did in the '80s, and that's what you talk about now. <laughs> uh, great, great film, by the way, Life Force. I think I think that might have been the first R-rated movie I saw in the theater, and boy, did it deliver. <laughs> Listen, it is a great movie, in a way. But uh, what's the last time you saw? Was the last time you saw Life Force when you were like fourteen? Yeah. Well, that would have been a long leave ago. It, yeah. Leave it in your memories, right where it should stay. <laughs> right. Leave it in your that's memories. not a, that's not one to revisit. That's like no, no. It's it's better where it is in your mind. It's better. When I watched it before we actually did the podcast with the vampire movie podcast, um, I didn't hate it. But then when you go through it slowly, yeah, it didn't seem as good. <laughs> it doesn't quite hold up as well. Yeah. Yeah. Most um, movies don't with the movies by minutes thing. Most movies don't. So so speaking of leaving then. Uh, in the clip, we leave. We leave the church, and we're now in a, uh, I guess, a contemporary '80s living room where we see uh, we see our, our our penthouse pet in a hot tub on a television. We zoom out, we see an elderly gentleman just sitting in his socks and boxers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I guess he's he's watching what we've been watching, um, right? So this cuts We've been to, watching uh, it with him. Yeah, we've been watching along with, with Murray. Um, yeah. yeah, so it cuts to Murray and Fredo Land with uh, Lou Jacoby as Murray, and that'll be, um, that'll be the next segment. That'll be someone else to talk about. Um, so that kind of wraps up... Uh, Look at this reception. Wraps up our little, our little piece of, of this film here. So anything, uh, anything else you gentlemen want to add? So I think I've covered about everything I had in my notes. Uh, I, I think <laughs> and, we covered all, all yeah. the uh, all the high points, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the points. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So before we wrap up, why don't you gentlemen, uh, you know, let the listeners know where they can uh, <laughs> where they can hear you talk about uh, you know nudity and other uh, other adult topics. We're the Jane Silent Bob Minute. We're on DoingGenre.com. We did. Clark's one minute at a time. We did Mall Rats one minute at a time. We did Chasing Amy one minute at a time. And eventually we're going to release Dogma one minute at a time. Anything, Anything to add to that, Jeff? Uh, no, I, there's very little nudity in our movies. There's a little bit uh, floating around in uh, Mall Rats, but that's about it. That's uh, many, many years ago, we did The Burbs Minute, which does not also have no nudity in it, but it does have Tom Hanks, who was mentioned this episode. So 
There you go. You know, it's the so most tenuous of connections. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we'll we'll take it. We'll take it. Uh, and I am I am Sean from Next Scene Podcast. You can find that at nextscenepod.com. And like I said, all my podcasting stuff, including my guest appearances, are at catandshawn.org. So uh, thanks again for joining us. And we will see you on the, uh, the next segment of Amazon Women on the Moon, segment by segment. Ain't no fucking Thelma here, man!